0: Hunter, what is your favorite game that you never want to cover on this show? Have I asked Whoa. that before? I don't know if I've asked that before.
1: I don't think you have asked that, but I'm tempted to say that it's actually Final Fantasy 8 because <laughs> if we cover Final Fantasy 8, I feel like I'll just have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i don't think it's like necessarily good explaining so this and so I, most
0: of this podcast is an exploration of my psyche but the final fantasy 8 episode we get to turn the tables a little bit and figure out what the heck is making hunter click is that what you're saying
1: i guess so but also like i i feel like it just wouldn't i mean it just it just would be difficult yeah. and i think i think it would be a lot of like, me being like, I like this, yeah. but it is bad. But I do <laughs> like it. And, and I'm saying it's bad, and, and I'm hearing myself say those words, and abstractly I understand what low quality means, uh-huh. but the words actually won't stick to <laughs> that piece of particular media. It, it lodged its way in there mm. and is just kind of, it's a parasite. And I'm the host. <laughs> And it's just in there, and there's no getting it out now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's how I feel about that game. And I would rank it way too high, right. uh, way too high. I mean, I think it would be number one yeah. if it were. And I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even <laughs> want to see that. I don't want to see that on my own personal list. You can't, you can't list. let
0: the list ha- have that happen to it. You can't let it kind of go such that far. It's a
1: list. <laughs> I'm talking about mine, of course, not ours. Sure. Ours looks like what it is, which yeah. is uh, two people... Kind of both big, like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, mine, mine is put together in a way that it has symmetry. It's like kind of beautiful. Yeah. And if you just throw Final Fantasy eight up at the top, mm. it'd be Final Fantasy eight number one, number two, Super Mario Brothers three. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who is that? I hate that person. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. Okay. So I would rather suppress, you know, <laughs> just keep it down, repress it. Have it inside, don't talk about it so much. You know what I mean? Let's go.
0: hi hello welcome hi i'm matt and i'm here with uh hunter hi hunter hey what's up hey how's it going uh this is old gamers almanac which is the definitive ranking of every video game every week at a time uh where we have an ever-expanding listicle of the best games ever made according to whatever we happen to have played this week and uh this time we're working on two projects at once this week is a, a part of our 2001 A Game Odyssey season, which is uh, our, our season one, as it were, where we're playing a bunch of games. We're playing 15 games from 2001. We've played a couple other games before this. We'll have, by the end of this season, we'll have like, I think, 18 2001 games ranked. Uh, and Metal Gear Solid 2 was released in 2001, so we're going to talk about it. But also, in, in step with that is, we're also exploring... Kojima, kind of in the background. Uh, We've Mm -hmm. we've played Metal Gear Solid 1. Last week we played Snatcher. This is the first time I've played any of these games. I've never played a Kojima game until starting this show. So this is my third Hideo Kojima game ever, and uh, we will keep going, I I assume, into the future of eventually playing uh, at least three and four, right? For you, Hunter, where does the Kojima project end i i also think we will at some point do death stranding although that's a whole other sort of can of worms to get into well
1: yeah and death stranding might come in and sort of break up the pace a little bit here because (laughs) uh death stranding 2 is is coming or at Ah, least it's been announced so i want to play death stranding 2 so that means that i will i've i've you know uh i've kind of played around in death stranding but i have not finished that game yeah um and i will want to before death stranding two time uh comes so in that way i mean maybe death stranding just kind of jumps the jumps the gun a little bit um i'm not i don't know well it just depends sure it just depends and i will
0: say after finishing metal gear solid 2 which i loved which is going to make this next statement i don't want people to misrepresent this next statement I think it's good to stop after Metal Gear Solid 2 for a while, right? I think that's actually a really good breaking point. The way Metal Gear Solid 2 ends, which we'll talk a lot about later, is like kind of a nice little stop. And then what? The series goes backwards from there, and then it's like a long time before 4 comes out, and 4 is like actually the sequel to 2 in terms of the timeline or whatever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Although, uh, don't underestimate to the extent that 3 is a sequel to... Too, it, it is a flashback where you meet uh and and get a lot of really good background on characters that have been alluded to by this point in yeah. metal gear solid but never really properly explained um but then also it kind of surprise connects to, to <laughs> more than you would expect it
0: could. well i mean now now that i know what metal gear solid as a series is actually about nothing can surprise me anymore and maybe that's that's what's going to be lost what's going to be lost is the sense that metal gear solid 2 is this fun little spy heist movie with some zany references to itself being a video game and metal gear solid 2 is like this can be anything hideo kojima wants it to be you shut up and you buckle up and you sit there and you like it okay this is anything we say it is uh so uh let's talk about historically Metal Gear Solid 2 and what was going on uh, in the build-up to this, which is, uh, we, we said this a little bit last week, Kojima makes Snatcher, it's a cool game, he seems to really like it, then he makes Metal Gear Solid, he seems to really like that, but also, the entire rest of the world really, really likes it, and especially Konami. Really, really, really likes it and is like, you're doing that. We're strapping you to a table and it's time to make more Metal Gear Solids, Probably forever, uh, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if Konami had gotten exactly what they wanted, Kojima would have made as many Metal Gear Solid games and as quickly as possible. Um, the problem is that Kojima is a ding-dang old artist. And, <laughs> oh, uh, shoot, has, gross. Yeah, I know it's really gross and I kind of hated saying it uh but he wanted, you know, he wanted Metal Gear Solid to be this bigger story, but he also wanted to be able to, you know, work on all kinds of stuff. He I think he just wanted his brand to be himself. Yeah. He wanted to be like an auteur yeah. filmmaker right. that just got to go work on whatever he felt like. Um although from what I can tell about looking into the making of Metal Gear Solid 2, he was definitely, you know, excited sure. uh to to get on this project and make this game. Um and there was a lot of like weird. There's a lot of interesting stuff that they thought about doing for this game that they did not end up doing. Like originally, they wanted to call this game Metal Gear Solid Three, like then <laughs> just skip to the third entry of the game, uh-huh. um, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I'm not really sure what that would have done <laughs> for it, but but that's what they wanted to do. Obviously, some some of the crazy stuff they planned did in fact make it into the game. Like for example. You do not play as Solid Snake for the entire game. Sorry for that uh, 20-year-old spoiler, (laughs) 20-plus-year-old spoiler. Uh, But Solid Snake is literally on the cover of the game. Yeah, yeah. And you do not play as him for a majority of the game's runtime.
0: Which, that is more or less the only thing I knew about this game when it came out. I knew two things. You don't play as Snake, and the person you do play as is naked for some amount of time and does little cartwheels with his hands over his junk. Um, it, now having played the game what I can definitively say is people really overblew what all of that means it, it, it is not that big of a deal and in fact Snake is still in this game a lot like a lot yeah. a lot There's you don't miss having I don't understand why anyone misses playing as Snake when Snake is all over this video game so I, I genuinely don't understand what the concern was besides just people being weird or whatever
1: yeah, I actually think the decision to have you play as Raiden was like kind of genius yes. because it lets you, it lets Snake be a more interesting character. Right. Because we've experienced this sort of time skip with Snake. You actually sort of experienced two time skips within the game. Right. The beginning of the game, uh, you play as a Snake on a tanker, uh, and then that chapter ends, and then there's like a gap, like a two year gap, mm-hmm. and then you start playing as Raiden. So we've experienced two big gaps with Snake. And in that time, they're get, they're getting to do a lot of exposition work on Snake as a character and deciding where where he fits in the new world in the post Metal Gear Solid One world right. and what it is exactly that he's doing. And I feel like the way that they kind of introduce that to you through his interactions with Raiden makes him into a much more interesting character oh, than yeah. had they just been like, "Here's Snake, you're playing a Snake. Uh, here's what Snake's doing now." Yeah. Like. That could have felt like a little bit it could have made Snake feel a little a little boring. Right. Um, I would well, say.
0: And also from a video game progression standpoint, like how are we supposed to reset Snake's skill set you know what i mean like how are we supposed to reset the tools he has and the things he knows how to do and it just feels better for him to be this like godlike spy working in the background and he just pops up at random moments and then like Mm -hmm. in the late game he shows up and is like working side by side with you and makes the game like a million times easier you you first play with snake in like a sniping mission and you could just um just let him do all of it.
1: Actually, yeah, I, okay. So can you? I, I forgot to even use that. Like In, it tells you, like you can call Snake and yeah. he can just start shooting for you. I did. I forgot to do it, so I didn't actually do that. So
0: part. the way I, I didn't. There's two sections of that sniping section. Wow. We're we're gonna. This is like a big tangent, but this is fun to talk about. There, you're you're escorting a character who's walking very slowly along these bridges, and there's basically a bridge moving away from you, and then there's a bridge moving sort of like. Uh, parallel with you or whatever right Right. and for the one where she's running away from you i hadn't even called in snake yet and there's like a bunch of mines on that one uh, that you have to shoot but by the time she got to the second bridge um it was harder to do the sniping the controls i don't know maybe maybe this is a, a ps2 emulation thing sniping at that distance was like almost impossible at certain points because could you any, not zoom? You zoom way in, but any amount of pushing on the joystick would move it like a significant chunk over, no matter what. Like like imagine your you, you know how uh Well, you were taking your pills though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the okay. I'm not talking about shaky cam. I'm talking about literally just I want to move, I want to move a hair to the right. And it would be like, let me move you four feet to the right instead of just oh, a hair. okay. And hmm. that was just it, it was you know how you can like feather a joystick or you can press the d-pad yeah. button right, it was as right. if i was only ever pressing the d-pad button so it would just jump ah. over so there were certain parts where it's like i can't hit this thing like it's it is between the two pixels that i can hit or whatever right so right. i was like oh wait they said i can call snake i'll call snake up and then snake is just i mean snake just snipes everything like in yeah. it, it takes two shots for everything snake wants to kill but that's not a big deal <laughs> he, he yeah. snipes fast enough and yeah he just kills every single thing and then from that point on you play multiple sections with snake where like I don't know if you can just let him do everything, but it didn't feel like I was doing very much in any of those sections. <laughs> That's really funny.
1: So yeah, it, it in this game instead of playing as Snake through the entire thing, you get to be Snake's buddy, right? You're, you're literally Snake's yeah. friend. Well, um, and
0: we'll talk about the plot more, but it's also like critical to the idea of in the end what Kojima wants this game to be about. Like you could, you can't be Snake in this and have. The plot work, like it is, it yeah. is critically important that it is somebody else doing this. But that that's a whole other thing. So I don't, I don't know. People are just dumb.
1: What it what it allows is for the the game world to be mysterious because I think you know Metal Metal Gear Solid One tells a pretty confined story with yeah. like a bit of a twist, a bit of like one kind of loose thread. Yeah. And the thing is that there's a transition point that is happening here story wise, which is that. Melgar Solid One leaves like one one juicy thread left. There's there's maybe a, m- a couple more threads than that, but but like there's one big thread, mm-hmm. and I think Ko- Kojima's desire from a writing perspective or Metal Gear Solid 2, is, like, I want there to be, like, 50 threads. Like, I just want to throw just a yarn at them, you know? And just, like, let every thread hang. Right. And just be like, here's a million different ideas. It's
0: the gardener style of writing. He's just planting seeds, and it's like... He's planting a million seeds It might come up later. Who knows what blossoms? I don't care. I'll decide later. I don't know
1: what I'm talking about (laughs) right now, but I'm on it. That's, like, the vibe. Yeah. I should
0: say, this... uh, I didn't know this game was going to get as nuts as it does, but also I don't want to overstate how nuts this game gets uh, because for a long time, the game is not that nuts. No. But I would li- I would like to showcase for people the sort of arc of craziness of what happens in this game because, okay, you got Metal Gear Solid 1, right? It's a little spy thing. There's characters that are doing some freaky stuff, right? Like there- there's weird characters. You- you- yeah. You've you got a guy who is somehow psychic, but even even with him game sort of gets to a point where it recognizes like maybe there's something else that he's doing i I mean he can fly but i don't know psychomantis is maybe the weirdest character everything else is just like i don't know he's like a weapons expert he's like a she's like a sniper he's like a weird decoy octopus is pretty weird too i don't know but it's not that supernatural right then you have metal gear solid 2 and metal gear solid 2 the, the characters you meet well in the snake section it's actually more of the same it's like oh there's just like a woman she's pregnant and her dad is there and what you know it's like these are all normal people and then when the riding stuff starts you've got a woman who can't die uh she is immortal
1: uh you have a vampire whoa, whoa, wait, whoa wait don't skip over that she can't die that she's a mortal because that's it's she can't die because she's so lucky <laughs> that when Nothing. she would die, <laughs> yeah. just crazy stuff happens right. and she does it.
0: Right. Her name is Fortune, and she is very fortunate to never die. And she hates yeah. it. She hates the fact that she, yeah, she is wants too to lucky. Die too lucky. She would like to die. Then you've got yeah. the vampire whose name is Vamp, and he's a vampire. He he just right. is. Uh and then later on, you got Fat Man, who's just a explosives expert, but also he's on rollerblades. Oh boy, we got a rollerblade guy. And I don't know what it is, but that moment, the moment you realize Fat Man is a a crazy rollerblading guy, that is the moment I decided the game was actually getting more unhinged. Even though he's actually the most normal character of all of the things in the plant section of the game. You've got the tanker and you've got the plant. And in the plant section, Fat Man's not supernatural, but he's a freaky little (laughs) devil. And I don't know what his role is in the rest of this, but... The game sets up this expectation that, like, things are weirder. Like, this is like a superhero movie. This is like a superhero military uh, soap opera. That's how I would describe Metal Gear Solid 2, is a superhero military soap opera. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And so, you you it sort of pushes your expectations a little bit, where you're like, I don't know, this game's definitely zanier, and it uses that as its stepping stone, so that in the final act, it can just fly off the handle, but... I don't want people to think that I was like, this game is so crazy at, like, hour three. It's really not that crazy. It's just the climax of the game is actually nuts, Uh, which we'll talk, again, I keep saying we'll talk about it later, but it's like I want to talk about the game before we just, like, spoil the ending yeah. and then have probably a 30 minute discussion about whatever the ending is
1: well yeah let's try and apply some i mean i think b- we're both excited about, to talk about this game which sure. is why we're just kind of go shooting off in whatever direction yeah. that makes sense but you can feel the energy let's let's structure it a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. okay let's talk about metal gear solid 2 as a sequel to metal gear solid 1 yep. as in purely game yes. mechanical terms yeah what do we have that's different uh basically and 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 what has been refined well a big thing that we have that's different is at any point we can now go into a first person camera Mm -hmm. and shoot our gun like it's a real gun instead of like the shooting in metal gear solid one is arcadey yeah and it's kind of it's kind of silly it's not very it's not very mechanically sound Snake just kind of you just kind of point Snake in the right direction yeah. and he will hit his target. But right. now we are actually doing the shooting. Yeah. Which opens up our abilities quite a bit, really.
0: Right. Yeah. And and the shooting is, of course, you know, aware of sort of the first person shooter scene, which is to say, like, things are contextually important on the uh tanker section where you first really start. If anything, I, I was nervous because I, I liked the Arcadey shooting of Metal Gear Solid 1. I was glad it was just sort of like not a a critical feature and when mm-hmm. we started getting into the first person shooter stuff in this one I was nervous because I was like oh this is going to be so much more like exact and for the tanker section I would say it is you really just get this like paralyzing gun and the whole idea with the paralyzing gun is if you hit them in the body it takes like 10 seconds for them to pass out but if you hit right. them in the head they go down instantly they so right down. we got to be really precise we got to hit we got to hit our targets in the head so that we can get through the sections and at least for me i played almost the entire tanker section like ju- kind of just doing that like not a whole lot of there's a little bit of extra sneaking but mostly it was just like as long as i can snipe all these guys out i can walk through this room freely and Uh, I even messaged you, Hunter, being like, "Man, does this game like is this game just like headshot the game?" And you were like, "No, absolutely not. Uh, That's not going to be the uh, problem (laughs) at all." And you were you were exactly right because later on, well, once we get to the writing section, like we take all that stuff, you you get reset and all that. But regardless, I did think. I got nervous during that bit of the game where it's like, Oh my gosh, we're going to do so much of this first person stuff. And it's not that clean. You have to, you like, you're like holding a trigger and like trying to move a thing around and then you got to hit X to fire. Like it's not, it doesn't have modern sensibilities of what a first person shooter feels like. So it's, it's very off. You get used to it eventually, but it's really off putting at first. So I was getting quite nervous at the beginning of this game, mechanically speaking.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like Kojima has always kind of had this way of, like, my game's control, like, the control scheme for my game works like this. And and it doesn't matter if that is kind of not mm-hmm. in sync with everything else because I want to create this, like, weird feel. And yeah. I think Metal Gear Solid 2 is a lot of, like, making you feel tense by mm-hmm. how many buttons you're having to hold down at yeah, once. And I right. think in that way it's really effective. When you're sneaking and you're, like, Holding them down the button for first person, and holding down the button that has you lean to the left, and then you you yeah. pull the trigger. And, like, and sorry, and you don't buttons. pull the trigger.
0: You don't pull the trigger. Oh, you, you let hold go. X and you let go to fire. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're yeah. you're actually to actually aim. You're holding X to aim. You're holding trigger to be in
1: first person so that you can aim. And you're yeah, you're. It's so weird. It's like, it's like a claw it's like, grip it's like the the game version of the mission impossible sequence with tom cruise when he's Mm -hmm. hanging from the ceiling it's like that the closest that you can get to that (laughs) feeling is being in metal gear solid 2 and being like all right just got to get him right in the the corner (laughs) <laughs> feels good yeah it's i'm not saying it makes sense it absolutely does not make it,
0: sense. it's a learning curve for sure it takes a minute yeah. but you really do you eventually get used to it um yeah and outside of that honestly for a while you have more or less the same bag of tricks like it's thermal goggles It i i, I can't think of any very specific new items especially in the snake section in the snake section you're using all the stuff minus a lot mm-hmm. that you had in metal gear solid one and then with raiden for most of the game you're you you just are using the same stuff there's like one moment in the game where you're suddenly like okay get six more weapons right now here's all of the rest of the weapons you'll need for the rest of the game but they're also not wildly different from each other outside of the ones that you've also used before you know like the the stinger missile and and stuff like that that you've used before i just want
1: to say though that that you you can because of the first person mode though you it recontextualizes a mm-hmm, lot of that here mm-hmm. and you can utilize it now in very interesting different ways. Specifically, I really like playing with claymores a lot in Metal Gear oh, yeah. Solid I didn't,
0: Two. I didn't do that and I feel bad. Yeah,
1: they're really fun. They're yeah. they're they're really fun to and you can. I feel like you can kind of play with them in a way that you would not be able to play with them in uh in Metal Gear Solid One. But yeah, uh, claymores are great. Um, I like lo- the my big complaint about the weapons in Metal Gear Solid Two is that if it's an automatic, yeah, gun like the AK or the M4, you can't aim it before no. you start firing. Right.
0: So you, you you are always blind firing an automatic <laughs> weapon. You're always leaning <laughs> around a corner so... and just like.
1: <laughs> You you just look at a general direction and then the second you pull the button that brings the gun up, you yeah. just start shooting. No, I so, I would
0: I, the automatic weapons are the ones where that was Metal Gear Solid One for me. You I don't use those in first yeah. person.
1: You just run around and that's how you can just quickly dispatch well, like a hallway of enemies or whatever. Yes, and and except for I have one application for those weapons, which is um there there are now these drones yes. that you have to deal with sure. that fly around, and it's very good for dealing with those because those can be like a little. You know, it can, hitting them with your like with your picky. pistol can yeah. be a little bit obnoxious because you have to hit them in a specific way, and it's just a lot faster if you just pull out your you just whip out your M4 and just shoot like crazy. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I, I stuck with the pistol,
0: it. but it was annoying. Like I, it, it was annoying. I just didn't want to switch to to the M4 or AK or anything. Um, so outside of that, you know, it it is a game that. Um, I, I get a disservice in the way that I play it, which is, like, I really am trying to get the story. I'm trying to get through the whole game where that you can play the game that way and you can really, really enjoy it. But Metal Gear Solid has this extra layer underneath, which is just, like, it is unreal how many Easter eggs are kind of in this game if you choose yeah. to just fuff about in the world. If you just decide yeah. to, like, really mess around, there are they, they have thought of everything. And I'm glad that I watched... Some stuff on YouTube of, like, other people sort of playing the game and, like, highlight reels of other people really screwing around in the game because it recontextualized, like how goofy your bag of tricks can be it's like to 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 min max the game and just beat it you don't have to use hardly anything i mean you could beat the whole game with a pistol and then like the key weapon it's like oh you got to use this one missile launcher one time like there's a couple things you have to use but outside of that you could just get through the whole game sneaking around and whatever yeah
1: you could you could you don't even have to use the pistol if you you don't want to you could just sneak through every room for the most part
0: right um so it, it is a disservice to this game to not hang out with it some more and meet it on its goofy level of like, try to fuck around, fuck around with the guards. Like it, th- your mission is to sneak past the guards. But what if you found a dirty magazine and you threw it over there in the corner of the room right. and see if they find it and watch what they do and then walk up behind them and point your gun at them and hold them like you. There's so much more you are yeah. allowed to do that has nothing to do with the critical path.
1: Right right it's very much about enabling the player to just kind of cook up fun sequences yeah you can kind of you can make the game i would say as as fun as you want uh and i will say this is a game that i did not play it on a harder difficulty but because actually i'm not sure you can on a first run i don't remember
0: you for me you could you could pick like four difficulties yeah
1: okay cool 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 i'd forgotten whenever i pick difficulty but um replaying this game on a high, higher difficulty i think would be really fun because it would be good to like be forced to to utilize more of the mechanics that's one thing that yeah they don't really get right in this series completely until you get to metal gear solid 5 metal gear solid 5 has a really interesting system where um the game keeps track of what tactics you like to use oh. and then it adjusts so it like, works against say, you wow yeah so let's say you in melgar solid 5 it's it's fun to be able to explain this to you matt because we probably won't play melgar solid 5 for years at yeah, this yeah. point but right. your complaint of like oh i could just like shoot them in the head with the tranquilizer thing in melgar solid 5 they're like no because if you do that if you try and play the game like that All the guards start wearing helmets. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And your tranquilizer dart just pops off their head, like, and does nothing. So yeah, you you they force you to use the full kit by the time you get to MGS Five. But yeah, we're still in a place where on normal difficulty you probably don't have to utilize that much of the kit. Yeah. On higher difficulties, you probably have to utilize more of it. But you're generally going to have a better time, I think, if you experiment with the way you approach each um room and treat it a little more like the ai is fun to interact with honestly surviving whenever um you get seen you get spotted and you go to a, to an alert section mm-hmm. they basically dispatch like a swat team yeah, a lot. to come at you and they come through very methodically
2: yeah
1: um and they are not very fun to fight outright like as an accident but if you if you prepare for them if you just want to have some fun Mm. you can really wreck their day and it's quite oh you can like that's the
0: claymore stuff so you 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 know they're gonna come through
1: x door that's so interesting i wish really because i
0: was i was utilizing save states quite a lot and i there was a lot of rooms where i did get to the point where i was like if i alert if i broke my stealth I did the I did the oh I broke myself I have to get away enough times to to like kinda get to the feeling of like this isn't actually enhancing anything for me. Like this yeah th- they're just gonna catch me, I'm gonna die, or I'm gonna find a corner to hide in and I'm just gonna wait it out. Like I'm just gonna sit there and wait, you know, I'll jump in a locker and wait for them to go away. Like yeah. that yeah. stopped being interesting past a certain point to where I was just like, I got caught, reload the safe. Got caught, reload the safe. Like it was it was just yeah. an automatic knee-jerk reaction, but I did not think about prepping for the getting caught part. And I mean, there were times where like I was, that was the plan for the room, right? It was like, well, I know I can actually just, Make my way through the room, especially because like things don't carry over from room to room. So like a yeah. bunch of guards can get yeah. called into a room. You can run past them, go through the door, and they will not come through the door after you. So once you get to the next room, you're just like, nah, we're fine. So there's plenty of times where you can just go for broke and sort of steamroll your way through a
1: room. You can't kind of cheese it a little bit, but if you treat every room like it is like it's this one little puzzle for yeah. you to solve, and you you do it in phases of like yeah, this is the prep phase yeah, yeah. where I'm like getting ready to see what's gonna happen. And then there's the sneaking phase where I'm actually gonna try and sneak through it. Right. And then there's the uh oh got caught phase. Now, now let's let's uh let's fall back and try and deal with this situation instead of either running through a load screen or just abandoning it for now yeah. or just letting yourself like I couldn't do save states, but if I did get in a situation that was like super annoying and I wasn't ready for it, I would just let them kill me. Yeah, and yeah. you just reload to the beginning the room. of the yeah right. you just reset the room. Um, so yeah, I I completely understand what you're talking about, and it is a little weird that what I'm basically saying is Melgar Solid Two is as fun as you want it to be, right? But that is true.
0: It is true, it. and it's, it's just, also it's not like it's so hard that you like if you just are trying to steamroll the critical path, you totally can. Like you you can yeah. just like we said earlier, you can just sneak past a lot of these rooms. What's cool though is let's talk structurally about the game. You for the ride and uh, the the tanker section is like one big whole open environment that you're getting around and you're you're just yeah. kind of like going to different levels of and get, and moving all around and you i don't even call it backtracking you're just like re-exploring this like sort of it's like a hitman level yeah um and then you get to the writing section and the writing section is also pretty much a big open world although you are It's that's where you get your key card thing back where it's like, well, you can't go through certain, you know, you're not level two yet. You got to get your level two key card to go through those doors. And that's all the way up to like level five key card. So they they gate you. But otherwise, you're on a big plant and you can open up a world map at any time. And oh, hey, Matt loves a world map. Okay, this is now fun. Suddenly, just because you gave me a map, whatever. Yeah, Um, Yeah. But it's it's basically a series of pods with hallways connecting them. And each pod like has kind of a theme to it. Like it is a type of room that's doing something for the plant. And I mean, your goal more or less is to like navigate through all of them. But what's really cool is at various times, the game is going to like make you go back through rooms. But so often the patterns of those rooms have completely changed. There's new guards there. The setup is very, very different. So you're constantly Mm -hmm. recontextualizing rooms in a way that, it's not frustrating to go back through it it's not like oh i just gotta do this room again i guess it's like no no no, no. i gotta carefully go through this door because i even though i've been in this room i have no idea what's in like i do have to re-explore the space because i don't know where all the guards are and the big thing that adds to that is when you the first time you go to any pod the big new thing is you have to find a computer that turns your mini-map on, basically. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. That when you first go to a room, you're blind. And so you really have to use the, like, sneak up to a corner, look around. Like, you can't just blast around a corner because the guards might be there. And you have literally no way to know except for switching into first. Like, the camp, the top-down camera is not useful enough. It, it, it actually shows you how much... The top-down camera in MGS1, the only reason it works is because there's also a mini-map to, to yep. tell you critical information. If you don't you have
1: could... your radar, then the game literally falls apart. Yeah. Um, and because of first-person mode, they can finally kind of get rid of the radar a little right. bit and say, like, okay, well, we're going to make the radar another aspect of the difficulty. Which, yeah, I love that. I It's love that so you, fun. You have to really explore each room whenever you get to it and it, you know it also makes it good for replaying mgs1 i know that game so well that there are certain parts that i can kind of just like yeah. just kind of sprint through and not really worry about right but mgs2 forces you it's like you have to go here to get the mini map yeah and yeah. otherwise like you want to play this actually it would be kind of cool to just never turn them on well so so there were
0: a couple rooms where i they were kind of more difficult rooms and they also weren't critical rooms you're just sort of moving through them there was at least one room that I just didn't go to the computer it was like way on the other side I didn't even actually have to do the whole room it's the one where I don't know if you can it's like a warehouse room actually it is it's the warehouse like where you're gonna later you go back and get all the gear I never did the computer Whoa. the first time going through that room and you go back through that room like a couple times and every time yeah. i went through that room i was like oh god this one again <laughs> i, don't, I yeah. haven't done the computer yet it was so scary every single time and it was like my most trepidatious room and then finally on the very final time i go there i was like i have to do this computer now like i'm i'm really right. screwing myself by not having this computer online and i i didn't get it till then and it was like it it made the whole room feel like a whole different beast because you had to be so careful in it um so yeah you, you could do a no computer run i'm pretty sure and uh yeah absolutely. have a pretty crazy time
1: yeah it would be it would be pretty annoying i feel like the difficulty of that and you would have to switch to first person all the time but yeah it would I, and it i think would be you great. would
0: have to play it on a on a physical ps2 because the other thing that we lost at least I, I lost it for sure i think i don't know if you did no too. i lost it as well yeah. i did not so it. the 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 pc port and the emulation loses a lot of um sort of your triggers you can you can soft press them and do a little bit like you can lean a certain amount i i i wasn't able to do that stuff in in my game you lose like pressure sensitive things and uh well so
1: I, the the playstation 2 had pressure pressure sensitive buttons like the like even the button X. itself yeah yeah X that's square where triangle um so you can you can do a lot of really weird stuff in metal gear solid 2 with the pre- pressure sensitive buttons that like that's just like lost, and yeah. this is actually why we need a remaster of this game, right? Um, because they need to find a way to 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 bring that them. back or something, yeah. um, like or, or because there's there's just stuff that is just really difficult. Like it's it's pretty difficult to actually hold people up, yeah. Um, without the pressure sensitive buttons, because at, as you, it also you know we were talking earlier about how you pull your gun out and then you let go and that's how you fire. Yeah, it feels a lot better with the pressure sensitive buttons on the ps2 way back in the day because it controls how much you whip out the gun like like you can kind of slowly whip out the gun or you can just be like Wop-ah! like it and it just depends on how fast you press that dang dull button wow. um it's it's a really cool thing that they incorporated into the into the playstation 2 yeah but now it's just kind of lost on a little island i do not know if the ps5 controller right does and that. Do that can accomplish Does other stuff, that though. same it's, feeling.
0: It, it's interesting because like obviously Kojima's not doing Metal Gear Solid anymore but like a Death Stranding 2 on the PS5 like now I'm kind of excited for that idea because Kojima is a person who likes to utilize every inch of the the game system that he's using he loves to reference the system itself and if it's got memory cards there's going to be a memory card puzzle if it's got pressure sensitive buttons there's going to be a pressure sensitive button like he cares about that stuff so i wonder if death stranding 2 will be like best on the ps5 that might be a thing that they're just unable to do because it has to also be playable on other platforms but it'd be cool for kojima to make a ps5 exclusive i guess is what i'm saying
1: yeah and and just utilize the dual sense controller just cuz it it seems to be like in his wheelhouse but yeah um it it does suck that there's that there's no way to like kind of get that going at this point or at least i i'm sure there are like some really weird fixes weird that you hats. can do for it but yeah. it would be like pretty difficult um this is a game too that you know we talked about this when we talked about Metal Gear Solid 1 but the Metal Gear Solid games are just kind of the older ones are just sort of on an island yep. right now they are don't feel bad about pirating them yeah. for now because they are basically not available yeah. um, really but anywhere.
0: If you pay attention to gaming press, you can tell everyone is building up to an av- a, a must be around the corner announcement of some sort of Metal Gear Solid reboot of some kind i mean Uh. i've seen multiple podcasts that are like we're we just so happen to be replaying metal gear solid this year we're just gonna like do the whole series again because i don't know it seems like something's coming up i think metal gear was on the nvidia leak was it not i don't remember exactly if that's true or not but
1: um, i don't remember if it was either but i i I know that there's a lot of rumors going around that they are possibly doing a remake of metal gear solid one but all i'm hoping for i don't care i don't need I don't need any new Metal Gear games to be right, honest. Like, right. it, I'll just, play them if they come out. Right. But I don't really care. What I need is for these games to just be available, yeah, to, accessible to, to play right. on any platform. Please, just yes. idiot it all. They please should just, just be let me play there. your video
0: game, please. That yeah. would be great
1: if you would just right. let me do that.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Well, should we get actually more into the plot stuff we were alluding to earlier? Then is it is it time to talk about how this game flies off the handle? Let's
1: talk story (laughs) basically it's kingdom hearts everybody (laughs) it's basically kingdom hearts man Um, kingdom hearts before kingdom hearts yeah it really
0: is uh well a a year before kingdom hearts right but uh, but kingdom hearts wasn't kingdom hearts until kingdom hearts 2 really so it's 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 a while before that it's also i said this and i think hunter you you don't fully agree but it's also like final fantasy 7 remake before final fantasy 7 remake sort of so okay the let me let me try to summarize. Last time we did Metal Gear Solid Hunter, you did a quiz to see if I knew what the game like. You you quizzed me on elements of the
1: game. And oh, I would not dare quiz someone about Metal Gear Solid Two. <laughs> Listen, it it made it into the parts that made it into your brain and are going to right. stay there. That's what made it into your brain. Yeah. I don't need to test and find out what parts you picked up. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, it's it, it's hard to say if any of it matters. Um, so raiden is. A soldier with a weird background that they kind of only allude to, and basically this game towards the end starts to to fall apart basically because they start referencing. Basically, Raiden is constantly talking about he has no service training. He's only ever done the VR missions. He's only ever yeah. trained in a virtual environment, right. which isn't right. technically true because he also his backstory is he was a child soldier uh, in in a in a bad war or whatever. Uh, so he has some field experience, but also things get but really but he doesn't remember or he doesn't remember it's already very hard to talk about we're like literally at the first step of summarizing this stuff for yeah. you yeah. but Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, starts to reveal that Raiden and Raiden's whole section is probably in fact a simulation Uh, and if you if you've been paying attention which the, the I mean the, the cutscenes show you like the points but it's like you're actually replaying the, the critical story beats of Metal Gear Solid 1 like you're doing sort of mm-hmm. the primary main sections of Metal Gear Solid 1 they're testing you so that you can be the next Snake I guess like they're trying to they're trying to make you the next Snake it's also revealed that you are the son of another Big Boss clone so what's that okay we've got Big Boss and then in in MGS one, there's Liquid Snake and Solid Snake, right? And they're both uh, yeah, they're both clones. A big
1: boss, clones a big boss.
0: And what the big reveal of this game is that the former president, the one at the end of Metal Gear Solid One, who's like ha ha, I love b- the nuclear weapons and war or whatever, uh, that's also a clone, and his name is Solidus Snake. Solid Solid Snake, Liquid Snake, Solidus Snake. Liquid Snake is still around, by the way. Don't forget about that. He's there, uh, and. You are the Is he there
1: or he okay, so he (laughs) is there. Okay, so the way that Liquid Snake stays in the story is that Revolver Ocelot grafts and it's not clear why. And actually, it even seems that Revolver Ocelot might be upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think I find That's what I find so hilarious about it. (laughs) Is there are times where Revolver Ocelot seems a little bit like, oh no, Liquid's taking over. And it's like, dude. How did this arm get grafted <laughs> onto your arm? You had to choose this. <laughs> you had to this you had to go out of your way. So okay, he he has grafted Liquid who is dead. Oh, he's grafted his arm onto his arm yeah. so that he one of his arms is Liquid's arm. Which means that sometimes Revolver Ocelot is Revolver Ocelot mm-hmm. and sometimes he's Liquid Snake. He yeah. is now both characters. He's one being because I but guess he is two <laughs> characters. I guess Liquid's
0: brain is actually inside his like hand instead of yeah. in his brain.
1: <laughs> it, it is his genetic material. So good. Yeah, it sure. is like just <laughs> one day Kojima pitched this and they were all like, ah, well, I don't we can't sure. say no. <laughs> so I guess we'll say yes. Yeah. That's what happened. That's what happened.
0: So, anyways, Raiden's been doing a simulation. But also, Snake is actually there. Snake is around. So wherever Raiden is doing this simulation, like, Snake is Snake is physically present and is, in fact, doing things. It's very hard to tell how much of the plant is real and how much of it is fake, especially at the end of the game, the final cutscenes. Raiden breaks out of the simulation, but Snake is there and Raiden's actual girlfriend is there, I think. Unless maybe it's all just still part well, of the simulation? I don't okay, know. But
1: uh, I, I I didn't it's interesting, because I think maybe we're having a little bit... Let, let's let's disagree yeah, on the please. finer points of the plot of Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> I did not think that, that... So, I thought of it as a series of events that were staged. Mm-hmm. Not as if the game is saying that a lot of this is purely virtual and not actually happening. How, Which of those do you agree with? How do
0: you explain... Like, once he enters this tunnel... You literally see the fabric of space, like you see little hexagons on the ground forming as as mm-hmm. uh, Raiden steps around, as if he is in some sort of hollow deck. And then, like yeah. the final boss fight against the Metal Gears, is like literally in a big hollow deck simulation room. So yeah, here's, doesn't here's, look very
1: real. Here's
0: a way I justified it in my brain: is there's something inside Raiden's brain where he is physically running around somewhere, but yeah. like things are happening mentally. Like maybe it's not he's physically on a holodeck, but like his brain is registered. Like they can just manipulate things that are happening but in how the because he has got nano machines. Snakes present, right?
1: Like it's solid like, snake actually I think, there or not?
0: I wonder if uh. Ryden is actually on the plane, but that doesn't make sense. How does he get to New York City? How do they get where they get? Like, the, the end of the game, they're just sort of suddenly... T- the, the game literally just starts warping around, and you start having uh, calls with your general, who you find out the general is just a part of an AI that's basically trying to control the human race. You super lose track of who is the bad guy. You've got Dead Cell, which is like this organization doing, I don't know, something. You've got... They're terrorists. The, sure, okay. You've got the Patriots that are... Are they terrorists? I don't know. No, they control the U.S. government. I they know that much. They control everything. They control yeah, they're everything. they're like the Illuminati. There's the Sons of Liberty, which the game is named after, but are they different? They're different than the Patriot, they, but they're different than Dead Cell 2. They're a different group, and I think Revolver Ocelot is a part of the Sons of Liberty. I, I don't know. Who, who knows? But you start just sort of jumping around from location to location Interacting with the different things literally the game at one point is like it's time to do the final boss fight against solidus snake goodbye and you go fight him with a sword It it really loses track of any sense of space and time and it's also got like multiple characters sort of doing soliloquies about the nature of storytelling and what i find so hilarious about all this is basically finally by the end of all of this insanity the the message that the game wants to tell you, uh, and, and Solid Snake repeats it after the post-credits, is, yeah. is that humanity is more than our genetic material. Humanity is a series of stories. We, and and it's our responsibility to share our stories with future generations. And it just so happens to take place in a story that doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever like hideo kojima is like stories are important especially mine when they don't make any sense and you have to just sit there and take it
1: i think that's actually a pretty deep message i think that's beautiful yeah yeah i think that what kojima's done and this is alluded to like like verbatim this is not me interpreting anything he's made a product a, a piece of art That if humanity is wiped out and later aliens find (laughs) Earth, if they look at Metal Gear Solid 2, they will feel a sense of like, who were these people exactly?
0: <laughs> what were they doing? What was going on here? He's like calling his own bluff. Like stories
1: matter. And I wonder how, what aliens will think of this there, one. <laughs> there is a part in solid snakes, a uh, whole little monologue at the end where he does basically say that, yeah. where he's like, if humanity were wiped out, like what will we leave behind? And what, one of the things that we will leave behind now is metal gear solid Two. <laughs> so congrats. Like, you know what? It's it's we're living in uncertain times. Uh, it's a weird era for humanity. I think yeah. it's always kind of a weird era for humanity. It's hard to hard to tell yeah. <laughs> in one lifetime if this is actually that weird. That's yeah. one thing I'd like to say. Right. People get really excited about being like, this is the crazy times right, right now. And it's like, yeah. yeah, but these are also the times when you are here yeah, yeah. to say that. Right. You know, <laughs> uh, So maybe it always feels crazy. We don't know. It's hard to have that perspective. Uh, But we can all at least rest easy that we have Metal Gear Solid 2 (laughs) to just kind of be there, you know, just in case we are wiped out by some by nuclear war Mm -hmm. or what have you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully a piece of that game will survive and then it will be played, I think, in the context that's meant to be played in, which is aliens playing it on a emulated ps2 in the future right that is the context in which it makes sense but i will say matt i really i really do think a majority of the things that happen in metal gear solid 2 are you are meant to think they are actually happening happening yeah and I think what, what the simulation is, which is, I I think they are, they're definitely playing with the idea that maybe none of this is happening or maybe yeah. some of it's happening and some of it isn't. Right. I, I agree with that. But I think ultimately, it the game makes more sense if you play it from Raiden's perspective. Right. Which is that all of this is happening. Yeah. Basically, to you. Right. Because, and, and I have a little bit of a cheat here in that I've played the other games. Yeah, yeah. So I know that for the most part, The things that happen in Metal Gear Solid 2 matter materially into Metal Gear Solid 3 and 4. Now, uh, I know there are some Metal Gear heads that just heard me say that, and they're like, uh, 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 well, there's actually a lot of problems with that. And I I just want to say to you, chill out. (laughs) I mean, broad strokes here. I am not talking about finer details, all right? I'm talking, broadly speaking, the events of Metal Gear Solid 2 matter yeah. for or the rest of the series so okay um i don't have a quiz
0: i don't have a quiz show i do have a series of questions for you hunter and you can answer okay. these as much and, and some of these are things that should have been maybe obvious to me and i just literally forgot and some of them are like other things so the first is what was what's La lu what's lalai lulilo what it's is just that? the
1: best, it's the best thing ever. Should I, do Lali I need Luley to know,
0: Lo. do I need to know what that is yet? I, I don't know yet. Metal Gear Solid, it's not in Metal Gear Solid 1, or it's not explained in MGS1. I, I, no, um,
1: okay. I do not want to explain what Lolly Luleo Lo is, okay. and, and it's not, I'll say this though, I'll go ahead and temper it, it's not exciting to <laughs> explain it, which is why I won't explain it, it's I think it's just something people say uh-huh. in the metal gear solid world and uh-huh. it does have to do with something okay. but and i do think i actually think at one point they fully explained it mm. but uh don't worry about it just yeah. let people say that okay. and it will be said many more times so my next question is who at
0: this point who are the are there any known patriots? i don't mean who are the patriots abstractly i mean who are the patriots or we don't know that yet I know that Metal Gear Solid 4 is called Guns of the Patriots. So, like, mm-hmm. clearly that game's probably about that or something. Do, yeah. Should I know should I understand more about the Patriots beyond like, ooh, Shadow Government? Here's what I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> Before the end of the story of Metal Gear, the saga of Metal Gear, that question you just answered will be answered more than once <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> i love this as like a naive little like this is like a four-year-old asking their parent who god is and the parent is like oh man I, i've been grappling with that one myself kind of my whole life so i don't know how to just like explain that one to this you. Is so why bu- do people die oh, so, oh, oh. Dear. Well, uh. <laughs> who are the patriots boy you're asking about bigger things than you understand huh okay all right well my last question is what was dead cell do who is dead cell and what are they trying what are they actually doing
1: that one is i would say more boring i they just needed um so in metal Gear solid one there is a group called foxhounds which is a group of uh, badass anime badasses um, (laughs) that you fight uh, through the game, and they needed like some sort of analog to that uh-huh. uh, for Metal Gear Solid Two, especially for the simulation yeah. aspects. Right. Um, so that you know, you are it's replaying all about the training. events Yeah. The, the game is literally about training, riding. But um, but Dead Cell, I think, is a little more half hard. Like I don't think Kojima was that interested in in redoing that beat fully. Yeah. So instead, uh, it's just a terrorist group <laughs> that has been recruited by Solidus. Uh, in order to help them. Uh, they think that the reason they're doing it is for ransom, I think. Yeah, money. Um, and then Olga but, betrays
0: them or something, or Olga betrays someone. Olga betrays her own dad, who I think that's Sons of Liberty. I don't know, man. This stuff stops making sense.
1: Don't worry about the Sons of Liberty that son- part. That's, I, what- just, <laughs> that's just like an idea that Solidus sure. has.
0: Yeah. yeah. My favorite part of what you just alluded to is, okay, so the Dead Cell is a simulation example of Foxhound. And they and they show they even show you like fortune is kind of like sniper wolf and vamp is yeah. kind of like this character, except fat man he's he's an anomaly. We don't know what the fuck is going on with fat man. He right. just showed up and he happens. To, I don't know. I can't really explain how he's. It's like the game admits like well, uh, there was actually about a six month period where Hideo Kojima was really into rollerblades and yeah. he wanted a rollerblading character and bombs. so and so fat man is that and there's no there's no allegory and there's no you know parallel he ju- that's just another one of the bosses you happen to I fight.
1: actually love that boss fight i think yeah. that boss fight is hilarious because not only does he have wor- rollerblades, which is like funny but um most of the boss fight is that he sets like bombs yeah. around the uh around the environment and you have like a coolant that you can use to disable bombs. He also have to disable bombs and like the main story as yeah. well. It's just kind of more, a more boring point that we're, we're not getting to at this point, but um, uh, he does this and you go disable the bombs. And the thing is when he's in his bombing phase, mm-hmm. he mostly just watches you yeah. do that. <laughs>
0: he lets you, and you can literally stand over your shoulder and watch you disarm just the like, bomb.
1: <laughs> you disarming the bomb? Are you disarming the bomb? And it's like, yeah, I am. And, and really the strategy of that like, boss fight is you just pop him one whenever yeah, yeah. whenever he's watching you. If he just watches you do it, just be like, look over and be like, pop, gotcha. <laughs> and he'll be like, ow! <laughs> and there you go. That's how you beat Fat Man. Oh, man. Okay. okay. So, this is the
0: game that decides... So, so, Metal Gear Solid 1 is like a zany goofy game that we what we said about metal gear solid one is oh it's so great because it's so stupid like it allows itself to be stupid and yeah. soap operatic and just
1: have fun have yeah, fun yeah it's like it's like a goofy james bond uh story yeah. that's just yeah just having a great time but
0: within that universe it is grounded it it is grounded in its own reality and yeah, metal gear solid by, and, and, and the point is that metal gear solid 2 is the one that says mm, maybe there's maybe there's no reality that we want to ground ourselves to anymore and we can just fly high on our own you know supply yeah. uh, well i mean so. it wants to fly high <laughs> uh so we will rank it in a second something i wanted to do because we did this in the first uh, metal gear solid episode is we ranked the members of foxhound and i think it would yeah. be a disservice to our ranking show to not now include some of the new members of not foxhound but foxhound adjacent things uh or or i guess ranking more or less bosses and critical characters that interact yeah. with metal gear solid plots i guess is how we're stretching the definition now um sure so the the previous list is at the top decoy octopus then sniper Wait. wolf we rank the logic of that. Decoy Octopus bec- I don't know. You're th- I think you're the one who pushed for Decoy Octopus to be number 1. That's funny. <laughs> because of okay. the twist of what Decoy Octopus represents in that game and how nonsense it is. Uh, I think it is maybe the most nonsensical thing that happens in Metal Gear Solid 1 is yeah. like that there happens to be this character running around that you never technically meet but you do interact you with do and meet them
1: but they're <laughs> pretending to be someone else yeah. yeah that's why that's great that's why decoy <laughs> op- octopus is number one uh
0: number two is sniper wolf then psychomantis then revolver ocelot then vulcan raven and then at the bottom was liquid snake we need to add two and maybe rearrange our list with fat man fortune olga solidus and vamp those are like the five characters we've chosen to trickle into the mix here so i do think the first thing we have to address is the idea that revolver ocelot and liquid snake at this point are still two people but as revolver ocelot and liquid snake are they cooler now because of their sort of joint persona thing that's going on
1: yeah, um, I think so, but I don't know how to, like, really deal with that. Yeah. Um, I think at the very
0: least, it puts Liquid Snake above Vulcan Raven, basically. Like, like I don't know if Revolver Ocelot is now cooler than Psychomantis. That seems absurd. Yeah, uh, that does seem absurd. But I think at the very least, Vulcan Raven is now firmly at the bottom, because in basically it's saying, in MGS1, Liquid Snake was just, like, a dumb villain that's just like, ha ha ha, Snake, and now he's, like, this other... very crazy thing
1: yeah yeah he is a lot wilder okay well let's 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 work on the new characters i think olga oh yeah yeah we can do olga because you meet olga first you meet
0: olga first and olga is the least crazy although olga is critical in the final twist of the game which is to say she she betrays sort of the organization she's supposed to be working for because basically you find out like she's just being held ransom because they have her child or something it's the only uh I guess real sort of plot. I feel like that's happening in this in terms of like, not just completely nuts stuff. It's the only earnest story maybe being told in metal gear solid two, but is that at all the interesting part of metal gear solid two? I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to put Olga anywhere, but maybe above Vulcan Raven. Cause I can't, I just can't even remember anything about Vulcan Raven. Uh, besides that, I didn't um, particularly love his boss fight.
1: Yeah, I think, Ah, uh, it's hard to say cuz honestly Olga Olga does have some cool aspects about her that yeah. I don't want to ruin. Sure. That, that, we've spoiled a lot of the game, but I don't want to spoil absolutely everything. I think I'm okay with Olga being above Vulcan Ray- yeah. Raven. I think that's just a good way good good place to put her. Okay. She's not she's not the most interesting character. Her character like kind of I would say pays off a little more. In Metal Gear Solid Four, even not okay. not really like specifically her, but just like as an idea, basically. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, all right, let's talk about Fat Man, who <laughs> I think is my favorite boss fight. Of yeah. Metal Gear Solid Two. Yes. Um, it's it's a fun boss fight. He's very silly. He likes to drink. Um, he 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 has drinks he drinks like wine yeah is he he, drinking wine? he
0: shows up with a glass of wine and then a bucket full of explosives and rollerblades and it's just like fight me you motherfucker like it doesn't he also they're alluding to him for a while because basically i mean the entire first half of the plant section you're just going around disarming his bombs like the yeah. whole thing that you're doing has to do with him even if he's not like a critical part of the actual game itself He is a critical part of the mechanics of, like, what you are doing. I mean, it is the the main mission you are on for a significant chunk of the game is going around exploring the environment and disarming these bombs. Uh, So to that end, I do think he's pretty cool, and I think he's so weird especially because he is not supernaturally weird in the face of all of these other things that are supernaturally weird. So for me, he goes above the Revolver-Ocelot-Liquid-Snake combo. Maybe, I mean, I think he's hilarious, so I want him to go above, uh, I want him at the top, but I don't know how, how high you want to climb with this Ooh. stupid idiot.
1: <laughs> Ooh, is he better than Decoy Octopus, a character that does absolutely nothing for the story? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's number one. I think I think <laughs> Fat Man's number one. Let's let's give him some some love, some yeah. respect, because uh, basically everybody else in this game is freaking bogus. Batman so <laughs> is at least. So the, on the
0: list so far, the two things Hunter and I most respect are in a world of characters that are crazy like impacts on the plot. The two best ones are the ones that really do nothing to serve the broader goals of the storyline. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not that kind of game. It's one thing that's <laughs> different between it and Metal Gear Solid One is that you know I don't know these characters are not as memorable, but they're yeah. also like they're a little more fleshed out. Like each one, mm-hmm. they're not as like gimmicky. Yeah. Um. Like like we'll talk about Fortune now. So Fortune uh is a character that they put a lot of. You don't. Ha- okay. Well, first of all, you don't have a proper boss fight with Fortune, which I think is kind right. of a shame. The boss fight you have is like w- fake. Uh, in yeah. that you can't actually hurt her, and then it, it's just it is, kind of a well, timer. I, I
0: want to push back on that a little bit because at the very least, it is—it's basically a timer boss. It's an endurance boss fight. You don't yeah. do any damage to her, um, right? But you are just trying to survive. Not that that's especially difficult. I mean, you just sort of dodge around and hide behind boxes. But yeah, it—it um, it, I, I did have to. I restarted it like twice. I mean, I was dying in it, so it—it it, it, it felt right, tense. But did you try?
1: Well, okay, L- let me try to
0: kill her and you, you're like shooting the, the panel on the wall behind her and that like electrocutes her and makes her stop. I thought there was going to be a trick and then at the more I played it, I realized it's just an endurance thing, but I thought I was actually trying to find some way to do
1: damage to her. Yeah, but okay. I just want to say this. It, it's not the reason I don't like that boss fight is because. It has no replayability yeah. whatsoever. Right. Because yes, Matt, you, you were playing the game for the first time. Right. So you thought, Oh, I can this is an actual boss fight. Yeah. Sure. Once you know it's not a boss fight, right. you don't do anything. You just you lay just, on the ground. You, you just you just wait. <laughs> yeah. And and she, she destroys some stuff. And then you just have to slightly adjust to make yep. sure that she can't hit you now. Yep. And that's all you do. Right. You don't try to hit her because you know that you can't. Right. So in that way, I think it's kind of a boss fight that has zero replayability yeah which is to me kind of annoying right um but i'll defer to you i think some of the story stuff that happens to her towards the end of the game is like a little more interesting than some of these characters but also her character is taken really seriously so i don't
0: know it's taken really seriously but it's also for me even though she's taken seriously she is the key to unlocking the whatever the fuck is going on with raiden not that it, you don't you don't know exactly what's going on but them explaining why fortune can't die is a part of the like well she's not real it's like a simulation that like we we're we've, we've we're have we emulating
1: this whole experience for you so right, but she's not she dying is real matt she but does she? really do it she does really do it i i don't know your interpretation of the game is getting really hung up on the virtual aspect because they, they tell you it. it's
0: exactly that they say right, that but, to
1: but you also but also okay but i just like let's have let's disagree on the finer I points know, of metal I know. gear solid 2 <laughs> welcome to old gamers almanac where we disagree on the finer points of metal gear solid 2 here's the thing revolver ocelot explains that hey um fortune it wasn't that you couldn't die it's that i have this little gizmo i think he literally calls it a gizmo uh that prevents death or like makes it so that the bullets won't hit you so Mm -hmm. it's you know you could have died at any time it's just that we were keeping you alive to help with the simulation so that raiden can get good training and become like solid snake okay which also they explain several times what the simulation means Mm -hmm. and people have different interpretations so Mm -hmm. i we're not even sure what exactly the simulation was about Mm -hmm. but one thing i am sure is that the game wants you to know that oh fortune's powers are fake yeah and then yeah ocelot who is the one who explained that fortune is fake tries to kill our squad the hero squad that's right and fortune saves them using her actual abilities which are not fake yeah yeah unless that is also part of the simulation (laughs) which is very possible But I don't think it is. That I is the craziest
0: is. moment of that ending sequence is like he explains that it's fake and then she just does it anyways. And also it's like, what?
1: That's yeah. impossible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I, for, okay, for all that reason, I really do want to say Fortune, like I, I think Fortune is cooler than uh Psychomantis and Sniper Wolf.
1: I want to split the difference there. Okay. Sniper Wolf is iconic. Sure. And I'll... I'll That's fair. But in Fortune is to me like just also fortune is kind of aping sniper wolf it is and on purpose but yes the snipers are always the best you'll yeah. learn yeah. by the time we get down you're gonna be like oh the snipers were the best and there is a sniper to come okay who if you're worried about sniper wolf making it all the way like keeping being really cozy where she's at there is a sniper in metal gear solid 3 there is a character in metal gear solid 3 who is i know for a fact your favorite character <laughs> he has <laughs> you written all over him okay. and those that have played metal gear solid 3 will show up in the chat right now <laughs> to be like yeah yeah matt's really gonna like huh. really gonna like this one guy in particular a lot he is be really like offensive exactly when it's like so oh he's, so he's a big be- pervert nah i got gotcha, you no. man <laughs> no 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 he's a character i'll go ahead and he's called the end
0: oh, God. uh and
1: yeah no, he, all right that's enough nope I got yeah. it yeah I
0: got it you got it <laughs> alright <laughs> uh, alright we got two more left I want to do vamp before we do solidus uh, vamp is a vampire and has a similar thing with fortune where it's like wait is vamp actually a vampire what the fuck is going he he dies like three or four times uh, yeah. inside and outside of the game he's like I've died twice before and then you kill him two more times in the game or whatever yeah yep. um one thing I don't like about Vamp is on my emulator, he crawled my frame rate down to like twenty frames per second every single time he came onto screen for some reason. Well, that's how <laughs> that you know he's really a
1: vampire. Yeah, man. it's like, true. It's the, not the, real, or it is real. He yeah. is a
0: vampire. Um, his boss fight might actually be my favorite boss fight to just like physically play. Like it felt the most technical and the most boss fighty, and like it took yeah. me a few attempts, but it was. I mean, it felt the most like a boss that was a difficult hurdle to to get over whereas most of the other boss fights are like i don't know you could just sort of like you'll get your way through it you'll you'll find a way it's like the olga fight and the vamp fight were the only two that like took me a couple tries more or less um so for that reason i didn't i i liked it but i don't know he's just like a he's just like a freaky vampire pervert that (sighs) a lot like he just does that i don't know uh he's cooler than vulcan raven
1: He's definitely cooler than Vulcan Raven. He's also played by Futurama voice actor yeah, Phil, Lamar, Phil Lamar. That's the best good. part.
0: Yeah, that's bonus points. Uh oh, I forgot about that. And how. Yeah. And, uh, what's best about it is they didn't even have. When they introduce a new character, they say the character name and then they say the voice actor, like in parentheses yeah. next to it. Yeah. They did not need to say Phil Lamar's name for me to know that was Phil Lamar. Like the yeah. second he yeah. starts talking, you're like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's
1: that's yeah. Phil Lamar, sure. Yeah. Also, it's weird because Vamp. I don't I don't want to spoil anything. Um Vamp, let's just rank Vamp wherever you feel for now.
0: Hey, okay, here's here's what we need to classify about all of these characters is this is a at the end of Metal Gear Solid 2 ranking, right? Yes. We we adjusted Revolver Ocelot and Liquid Snake for their Metal Gear Solid 2 personas. They were ranked after Metal Gear Solid 1 for how they yep. fared in MGS1. So whatever right. happens to Vamp later, I don't we don't care about that right now. We care about right. Vamp as he was treated in MGS2. Which I, I think, think is I think Vamp, as he is end.
1: in MGS2, is like interesting, but ultimately kind of pointless. Like it feels like yeah. mostly potential. Um, I think the boss fights are good. It's good that he gives some some context to the boss fights. Yeah, but to me, he's like I don't know. He's kind of yeah. He's kind of a little too goofy, but right not. not we're not milking enough. Like, you have yeah, That's Lamar. it, that's it. You, you nailed it. You didn't, they didn't milk Vamp enough. He's, yeah. th- he's actually the freakiest
0: character in this yeah, game. Yeah, he's freaky. And yeah. they just, that's all they do with him is just like, well, he's like the freaky vampire that just sort of shows up. But there's no, yeah. like, more critical path to him. I do want to say, too, before we do Solidus, one thing I forgot about. Vulcan Raven is basically getting put in the trash can right now, except Vulcan Raven is in MGS2 right. for a brief moment. And I wonder if it's enough... To uh to boost it up above <laughs> Vamp for you. Yeah. Do we justify there's a part where you see his shadow and you go, Oh, it's Vulcan Raven. I thought he died. No, it's him. There he is. And you go around the corner and it's like a little toy next to a yeah. flashlight. And you yeah. can even interact with the toy and the toy will be like I'm Vulcan Raven. And that's a really great uh moment and callback. And I don't know, it's enough for me to put him above uh Vamp, because I just think
1: Vamp is like whatever right now okay so what if we put vamp at the bottom for now for now we sort of know that we will be talking about vamp more sure yeah i i think some people might be a little a a little i i think there are people that that probably did like vamp yeah i think me and you it's it makes sense that we would have this takeaway because we really like phil lamar a lot of people really like phil lamar to be to be clear yeah um and i just wish that he had gotten to yeah just i don't know more to do more yeah um And he will. There will be more for Vamp to do. Vamp is Uh, not gone. All right. well we've spent a
0: lot of time on this and we have two more rankings to do, but Solidus uh, Solidus needs to go on this list. Solidus is a really weird villain. Uh, He's more interesting than Liquid as the final boss, the primary antagonist. He's the former president of the United States with like a massive twist laid on it. That's really hilarious. And also doesn't make sense because that makes Raiden like the
1: son of the president of the united states and like people should know well he's like, not he's a, it's he's an adoptive father not an actual oh, that's father, right that's right him. well but yeah.
0: still why don't more people know who ryden is when the president of the united states adopted a kid <laughs> like he, he was he was technically the first <laughs> the first kid or whatever you call it the yeah. first
1: son he also has like doc octopus tentacles yes. like he has like two doc Oc <laughs> tentacles which is pretty cool he has t- Two Doc Ock tentacles and then two samurai swords. Yes. Like, he's pretty cool. He's, he's also, cool. like, kind of the most boring of the main bad guys, though. Right. Because he is literally just big boss, yeah. like, with no real
0: differences. He's also not, I, he's not a very good final boss. Um, I mean, so the thing about Liquid Snake and MGS1 was that boss was, like, I just think janky you yeah. know the fight is just st- the combat mechanics and mgs1 are like not yeah, you know it's that it's big ridiculous. of a deal it's just dumb and janky but it's it's in a genuinely climactic moment whereas solidus they're like they've eschewed the standard climax but then they're like oh but go fight the final boss anyways and then the final boss is like not a very interesting sword
1: fight i don't i, I mean i was playing on normal difficulty but he was very easy like yeah he was and, and it was after the the fight where you fight a bunch of metal right. gear rays which is and way harder hard. yeah. yeah like that that would it was fun but it was it was at least somewhat difficult yeah whereas like, yes yeah, the Solidus fight is really kind of nothing yeah it is really cool that it takes place on the federal reserve building <laughs> and that is my favorite aspect of uh-huh, it uh-huh. but i don't know yeah I think Solidus is just kind of like not definitely below Liquid Snake. Yes, like of the of the the three Snake brothers, Solidus is the weakest. Yes, and honestly, doesn't really have much of a future in the story mm. either. Like the story tends to kind of forget. Yeah, about Solidus. I, I think for, for now, though, I think Solidus
0: should go above Olga. But it sounds like like Olga and Vamp might get their day in the sun. But for now, Solidus is like the the kicking point of MGS2 feels good for him to be above the sort of like lackluster parts of MGS2. He is yeah. also a lackluster part of it, but he's more integral and, and you know, a better example of how zany things get in the end. So I think he's down there. So here's our here's our final ranking. For some reason, at the fair, we're going to regret this in like. A year and a half when we do MGS3, we'll be like, why the fuck is Fat Man at the top? I don't know. But Fat Man's number one, then Decoy Octopus, then Sniper Wolf, Fortune, psychomantis, Revolver Ocelot, Liquid Snake, Solidus Snake, Olga, Vulcan Raven, and at the bottom for now is Vamp. There's your foxhound extended villainy
1: yeah. Uh, ranking. Uh, yeah. We, we had when to we do get that. To- when we get to Metal Gear Solid three, there will be a lot of additions to this list it yeah. will be a lot more interesting this segment, I think, for <laughs> that game in particular. Metal Gear Solid two is not the one that introduces a bunch of new interesting bad guys. Yeah. It's just kind of right, you know, here's here's the old the old crew again, yeah. kinda up to their same old antics. Okay, well, next on the task of things to do is we got to rank Metal Gear
0: Solid 2 in the 2001 rankings. And again, for this part of the show, what we've actually decided to start doing is make the current game number one on that list and let that alter the list to its specifications of what would justify Metal Gear Solid 2 being the number one game. What criteria makes metal gear solid 2 number one and if we judge all of the other games on that same criteria what does our 2001 rankings uh mean keep in mind when we do like our 2001 finale we will make the canonical 2001
1: ranking the final 2001 ranking yeah this is tough uh what is the logic that we
0: so if we put ourselves in a 2001 brain one thing you said earlier Hunter is that this was sort of a, a rallying cry for people in 2001 to be like, oh, look, video games are art. Now we finally made them art where they weren't before. I guess it was just silly to say. So in the, in the notion that metal gear solid two proves a, so, a sort of higher power to video games, is that a, is that a valid criteria for that to be a number one game?
1: The problem that Metal Gear Solid 2 has is that it has a competitor that is Silent Hill 2. Yeah. That I think anything, I keep coming up with these, these logics for first place yeah. where I'm like, yeah, but Silent Hill 2 also, though. And mm-hmm. so it becomes very debatable. And I want something that just solidly means that Metal Gear 2 is the one. Yeah. And I think what it is, is it's, the thing we've neglected to talk about at all, which is that this game predicts the future. Oh, my God. A yeah. lot. This, is a, this um, is a
0: fucked up game to play in 2023. And think about Kojima saying the things he said in 2001. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. thing we didn't talk about in the plot that is about the information age, basically. And mm-hmm. like what the patriots are doing is essentially utilizing the internet to make information meaningless. Which is why yeah. the end point of the story is the stories we share are actually like the only thing we have because they're the most sort of corruptible in this information age. And it's sort of a weird point because it's kind of saying information is is uh, going to be ruined. So the only thing we can do is share information. I don't really get, <laughs> get how those two well, things I work think in it's concert.
1: Like share real human stories because yeah. they can cut through that. But basically, right. it's just like full on uh the, you know the 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 news can be falsified there yeah. can be like like i don't know it it's it's worried about things that we as a as a culture have been worried about now yeah. uh for like i don't know since like the middle of the last decade basically yeah. uh, and i feel like it's stuff that is very much being talked about all the time now, right? Um, so I would say that that's what it is. It's the future site. yeah, the, the thing that Metal Gear Solid. 2 well, this is gonna be tough that.
0: because a lot of these games have absolutely no prescience to them at all, have no future sight. But I, I think that will make this fun to uh to tackle. So number two in terms of prescience, uh, do you have any? Do you have any shortlist for things to go at least up towards the top? One I was gonna say is Pikmin, <laughs> because Pikmin as a like what we need we need uh uh, uh, to be grounded back in the earnest truth of just gardening (laughs) and a real sense of place and and escaping a a planet that is dangerous for us and and how to use that planet to our advantage there are environmentalist themes in pikmin that i think resonate uh in in a modern audience
1: all right yeah let's let's do it
0: it doesn't have to be number two but i'm putting it up towards the top if you have a, no if you i want a... it to be
1: number two okay, cool. i think it should be number two I all think right that's a good lot you
0: let's let's bounce back and forth you give me a three well, wait, and yeah, yeah uh
1: so number three what if number three was grand theft auto three yeah because guess what we are the largely the world that grand theft auto 3 predicted yeah. in that we're all stupid and we suck <laughs> and love open world games yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> mechanically and did predict the future <laughs> comedy is dead and
0: uh, everything's an open <laughs> world game okay great <laughs> the most the yeah, third perfect, most precious perfect. game uh next up i kind of want to put max Payne up in that sort of same category which is like i don't know max Payne predicts some things about like <laughs> this this will be a weird thing to say but like uh Max Payne's about a really fucked up cop, huh? And uh that rings sort of strangely in twenty twenty three to me. I don't know.
1: Oh, like uh like Max Payne is like an example of oh, I don't know. Like it's I I'm I have difficult signing on to that one just because i don't know that i interpret max yeah. Payne under that specific sure lens, i think basically. that's fair i think
0: there's a lot open to interpretation for him so it, it I, I would say it is uh, it's tougher i think silent hill 2 does still have to go up here somewhere uh because it's about sort of a really scary um virus going around not that it, i don't even know is it specifically a virus what is what's happening in silent hill 2
1: like, um, like that's a good question uh, maybe for another day oh, okay. um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Melee I think could be number four because it predicted that in the future the only thing that will matter is intellectual property and characters <laughs> that is in fact it sort of predicts <laughs> Avengers Endgame yeah, yeah. being the biggest movie no. of all time
0: okay I've got a number five uh, uh, which is that Sonic Adventure 2 predicted that Sonic would never be good again <laughs>
1: ah yes yes which was true for a while it's not necessarily true now there is one out there is one outlier but beyond that it is true uh you're right i realize this is another week where anachronox kind of has to be at the bottom yeah because it predicts nothing (laughs) correctly. It is a game that is completely lacking in any sort of... Well, like I don't know if we can say that, because you and
0: Paul did not play anywhere... Like I don't know if other plot elements come up throughout
1: that game that are in some way... I'm not talking story. I'm talking mechanically. Yeah, yeah, it was sure. like, here's how a game could be. Yeah. And, and the, <laughs> everyone like, mm. looked at that and was like, no, yeah. that's not actually going to be a genre of game. Right, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, let's, let's do... I don't know. I think maybe maybe Silent Hill 2 could go here just because it's good. <laughs> sure, cuz it's good and it's it definitely predicts the
0: meta-textual nature of video games. That video games, I mean, what we live in today is a lot of games striving to thread the needle that Silent Hill threads, which is like this is about stuff, but it's also about things bigger than it's like a lot of games are trying to hit that Silent Hill vibe even outside of the thriller space, outside of the horror genre.
1: It's funny that you think that that your interpretation of Metal Gear Solid 2 is very, like, ethereal. But then you're like, for Silent Hill 2, you're like, what is happening? Are those people infected with something? Because I'm like, no, I don't, Silent I'm Hill 2 is not, that's not, not a real. Sticking, that's not a sticking point 2. for me. Sure. No, no, no. Silent Hill 2 <laughs> is not actually happening. No, I
0: know that. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying, okay. I didn't know if there was an in-world. I didn't know if there was a, a, a textual... Uh, consideration given to that or not if there's not like that's
1: that is fine that's quite i think fine. it's all just aspects of his wife sure is, is what it is it's all the monster is basically his feelings about his uh his dying wife yeah kind of made into right projected onto a monster basically For sure.
0: okay i have one to reckon with and it is uh it's whether or not tony hawk's pro skater 3 is yeah cool again Here's what happened. Here's the thing. The vibe of a Tony Hawk, like that went away, right? That's, that's it. it, it, We stopped having skater thing, but then like literally last year that Tony Hawk documentary came out and like, I don't know. I like, I feel like, and and skateboarding is now an Olympic sport. Like there are people that pay attention to skateboarding with high scores. You know what I mean? Like there are, (laughs) there are score values that the world cares about more. I think, there if you if we had done this bit 3 years ago Tony Hawk would have been at the bottom because it's like skating's not cool anymore but i actually think we're we're coming around and skating's getting cool again and Tony Hawk games are like a cool thing to like sort of be nostalgic for uh, that's yeah, how i feel I, about
1: it i think that's fair i think we put Tony Hawk up that Tony Hawk got like a documentary it's like <laughs> You know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 predicted that Tony Hawk. Yes. That's what it predicted. <laughs> it predicted Tony Hawk
0: would be, a th- he, uh, he would stay forever.
1: Its prediction was Tony Hawk.
0: Uh-huh um man i don't know what to do with the rest of these the rest of these are nonsense uh uh because it's advanced war super monkey ball halo combat evolved max pain bonga
1: predicted mommy (laughs) okay there it goes it's right there
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh halo combat evolved i think we're in a bad moment of halo right now we're in a really dire area of halo so i think halo goes actually towards the bottom just above anachronox okay it's it's, we're in bad halo days uh uh klonoa 2 character platformers are out that's that's yeah that's towards be the pretty low aliens versus predator we did just get like a new predator movie that people are like very into
1: yeah let's throw it up there let's okay let's, that, that one goes there
0: all right we need we just need to decide what to do with advanced war super monkey ball and max Payne. those those three just need to be in an, in an order <laughs> i don't i don't care what but they're in the middle
1: here yeah i think super monkey ball uh because it predicted uh monkey ball Oh because yeah, because sure. it predicted the existence of Monkey Ball. Okay, and sure. That, that would exist. How
0: is Max Payne less prescient than Monkey Ball?
1: <laughs> well, people don't like. I mean, Max Payne gave us <laughs> two sequels and yeah. then was just like gone. Yeah,
0: um, let's never do Max Payne again. Basically,
1: yeah, that's why Max we'd rather Payne remake Alan predictors.
0: Wake than Max Payne. Is the world we live in today?
1: <laughs> I think we throw up Advance Wars after Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, um, just you know, just because. Okay. Uh, I think we have it.
0: I think we have our future site list. Let's, let's read it off, because that got a little bit nonsensical there in the middle. Uh, so number one, of course, is Metal Gear Solid 2 for being very, very prescient. Then Pikmin, then Grand Theft Auto 3, Super Smash Bros. Melee, Sonic Adventure 2, Silent Hill 2, D- Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, Bongayo, Aliens vs. Predator 2, Super Monkey Ball Advanced Wars, Max Payne, Klonoa 2, Halo Combat Evolved, and then at the very bottom, Anacronox.
1: Yeah. Okay. Anachronox. Not doing too good yeah. on the list. Aw, <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy.
0: I want that game... I want uh, That game needs to actually get played for this show, except for, I don't know, that's never gonna happen.
1: <laughs> I mean, if anybody was gonna champion it it would have been you man i know like you were kind of the only one that would have been into that and i don't even think you really would have yeah
0: son tried his damnedest and even he couldn't (laughs)
1: really champion it it was a tough game to just be in to be honest yeah um okay
0: very boring we need to rank metal gear solid 2 and and i have a a way to speed this up a little bit because i think we're going long and, and i already feel like we're like ranking so many things hunter is Metal Gear Solid 2 higher on the list than Metal Gear Solid 1? And that might answer just, like, what area we end up
1: in. Ah, uh, I don't like that. But, so, Metal Gear Solid, let me, let me clarify this. Metal Gear Solid is my number six yeah. on my list. Right. On our list together, it's number 12. Yeah. So, on my list, Metal Gear Solid 2 is lower okay. than Metal Gear Solid 1, but it is higher than and Metal Gear Solid 1 on our collective list. Ah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh, something I don't want to go unstated in this episode is, so I, at the beginning, in the snake section, I was like, oh, mechanically, I like the purity of Metal Gear Solid 1 more. I like that it's it's pretty refined and not doing too many things while still doing a lot of things, right? Like all the items still do a ton, but I'm not being asked to press a gajillion buttons at once or whatever. And I I didn't like that at first, but the thing about it is the game won me over. Like by the end, I really, really liked that stuff. The first person stuff ends up being quite good. And I think that's a huge testament to like the, the quality of the game and what those things provide to the game, which is why for me, metal gear solid Two would go above, like, I, I
1: think... Absolutely. I think like Metal Gear I Solid said, is more pure, it, yeah. It but. is, it is not like, I do not like, I do not want to open it up with uh, well, what did you like better? Metal Gear Solid 1 or Metal Gear Solid 2? That part is not very important to me, because Metal Gear Solid 1 is, like, underrated on uh-huh. our collective right. list. So if you like Metal Gear Solid 2 better, I'm like, heck yeah, let's put it above Metal Gear that. Solid 1, because I'm down for that. But, what... What teen what what tens place are we talking about? i 'Cause I'm I'm a top tener with this one. Yeah. I mean it has to be, like if it's if it's
0: above Metal Gear Solid 2, that's twelve. It has to be in the top ten, basically. So that, that's kinda where I was going with it. I don't, I don't think it's gonna okay. be like one or two. So if anything, I was kinda saying it's like it's three to twelve basically and we work
1: our way up through well, that. Well, I just want to read our top ten. Absolutely it's fun to read our top ten. Let's do it. Uh, so our top ten as of right now is number one, Disco Elysium, Silent Hill Two, Elden Ring celeste panzer dragoon 2s zvi super mario brothers 3 getting over it with bennett foddy super smash brothers melee katamari Damacy, and the number 10 is quake yep so we're talking about somewhere in there yeah um our number 11 is raw danger right um and so technically i guess we can start at number our number 12 which is metal gear solid uh obviously we 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 don't necessarily agree yeah uh, i am so down to put metal gear solid 2 above a uh, metal gear solid one i just think that the reason i didn't put it above they're pretty close on my list um but mgs1 is a game that i played and loved as a child i played mgs2 as a, t- a child as well a tiled uh, as well <laughs> Uh, but I feel like and and MGS two was very formative. It remi- around that time was when I first saw the Matrix, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was kind of, I I was sort of expanding into like being like just being a freakier person overall, yeah. which was very good for me. Right. But Metal Gear Solid one, I don't know. I just have so much fun with that dang game. Yeah. I like so. One thing that that I thought about that did not make it into our uh, discussion. Was that one of the things I love about MGS2 Is that big shell The plant where most of the game takes place Is like a space that you can get Like a full understanding of Mm -hmm. Almost like the mansion in Resident Evil 1 Um, and I like That aspect of it however And and I think it has a better layout a more Interesting layout even though it's very simple uh, Than Shadow Moses does in Metal Gear Solid 1 but Shadow Moses Has a whole Like vibe like it, the coldness of it, the, yeah, yeah. the the art design, the the lighting, mm-hmm. I feel like is is just very burned into my brain. Yeah, it stinks that both locations
0: in Metal Gear Solid Two are just like things out at sea, basically. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. an excuse to not have to render very complicated backgrounds. It's just like ah, right. the sun sets over there, and then it's like a huge body of water, um, and that yeah, that that part is definitely. I think sad and it makes the layout while more mechanically fun to navigate the idea of Shadow Moses like you start going down elevators and you're like I have no idea how far down this goes. like I don't know what lies before me in Metal Gear Solid 1 is pretty interesting but I do think like then when the game asks you to backtrack it sort of betrays that to you a little bit. Cause you're just like, Oh my God, now I just agree. have to run backwards linearly through all of these rooms. Whereas MGS two is like, it's a circular thing. Like you could kind of go either way if you want to. And you like, just sort right. of tackle it how you want to based on which rooms you want to recover or whatever. So yeah, I, I think the sort of openness of MGS two, while less art direction uh, is um, still more fun to play. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, go, totally it goes fair. above that. Uh, if we want to talk about raw danger, uh, again, raw danger is just the thing where it's like the ideas are bigger than the execution, basically, and I, I, the execution really isn't even that bad. I, I feel like when we did that episode, or or maybe since then, I keep thinking about raw danger as like a janky game. And then I, I've recently seen more clips pop up online. There were some people on Twitter that were like talking about raw danger, and I was just like, ah, dang, that stuff was so great. Like that stuff yep. was so fun and good and it, it doesn't feel janky it just feels like an older game that's it it just right. feels older uh but if raw danger does feel like a ps1 game actually with like better graphics whereas metal gear solid 2 feels like a ps2 game right like it's actually yeah. using all the modern stuff and feels really really technically advanced in a way that raw danger just i mean budgetarily couldn't ever <laughs> couldn't do
1: they're both bogus. Yeah. Um, but uh Metal Gear Solid two was bogus with more stakes, yeah. which is bolder. Right. You know what I mean? Like oh my gosh, there were yeah. more eyeballs that were gonna be on Metal Gear Solid Two, and it dared to be as bogus and weird yeah. uh with its story as it did. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I I, I I wanna mean, reward that. It's genuinely
0: crazy that like one of the biggest games for the ps1 got a sequel where they were just like let's light all of this on fire and see if you let us get away with it and the world was like well the, the world had a bad reaction to it but it still sold like gangbusters and continued yep. the franchise forever like it's like it didn't have any negative impact on the overall franchise
1: yep yep um okay so let's talk about quake yeah quake versus metal gear solid 2 um, now, Quake is number 10 on our list. On my list, it's, like, number 25. Right. So, there's Way quite lower. a difference. I, I, I think, think Quake is great, but I don't think that it is... I think it has this problem for me, which is, like, I just think Doom is more fun right. to play. Right. Um, they're both great games, but I don't necessarily feel that Quake is, like, a top tenner for I th- me. I...
0: I think Quake is more foundational uh, is the reason why it stays up pretty high for me. Let's not kid ourselves. The reason Quake is so high is because EJ was a part of the re-ranking and EJ just wanted it to be number seven or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's yeah. what happened with Quake. I think next re-ranking Quake's going to like really fall a long ways unless EJ shows up again to to throw to up. save it. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, I do think like I-, I can't ever overstate like how critically important I find the like 3D navigation of space in Quake to be uh s- like incredibly important. Again, you right. feel it in every single game since then. And and if anything, it's like Metal Gear Solid Two is five years later, and like K- Kojima is like, I'm gonna do a first person game, and it's not gonna feel anything like Quake. In fact, it's gonna feel right. as little like Quake as I physically can make it, <laughs> and uh and it still works, and it and it's fun. Like it's not a fast first-person shooter all it's a very when you're doing the first-person stuff you're like stop you can't move you're slowly getting you're trying Mm -hmm. to hold the control like it's so much more technical as a first-person thing that quake is more important for the first-person shooter genre but metal gear solid 2 is certainly more interesting especially when we're taking the foundational nature of quake and we always get to be like it is important 3d you know 3d shooters weren't this good until quake but that doesn't mean quake wasn't just building off the bones of doom and right metal gear solid is like literally building off the bones of metal gear solid one, but mechanically it's doing quite a lot more. That's vastly
1: different. Yeah. Is the shift from, cause quake's shift is a little more cosmetic. Yeah. Um, in the gameplay. Well, there are, there are some like definite tweaks from that there. There's the, uh, we We made a lot of hay about the the one weapon in quake that like shoots that that bouncy grenade yeah. thing. I love that bouncy grenade thing right. very cool weapon um for for you to use and for enemies um and that would have not been possible in doom right, right. but but we're talking about yeah. a fundamental shift, which is now you can go into first person mode and even old game mechanics are now retranslated exactly. um versus like it's now in 3D. I mean, yeah, I think it's got to be Metal Gear Solid 2 yeah. over Quake. I yeah, mean, definitely. there's no there's no debate for me. Right. Uh next up would be Katamari Damacy. Uh
0: another PS2 game. Katamari is yeah. a few years later and uh, obviously significantly more simple than Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh Katamari right. Damacy feels like like a an indie game to Metal Gear Solid 2's sheer AAA-ness. Um so that that's a hard thing for me to they're both bold as heck though right i mean they're both like technically under a major studio and the person in charge of it is just being allowed to do exactly yeah. what they want to do so i don't know how i could reward either of them over the other I, i'm i have difficulty in either direction with this one
1: <laughs> i think they're both uh very satisfying games to play they're both very pleasurable i feel like legacy wise i would have to hand it to metal gear solid 2 as being a more important game just because it was much bigger release yeah that then gambled a lot with that it's sort of like the same logic we use for raw danger right like like metal gear solid 2 was hotly anticipated and had all these eyeballs on it and what it chose to do with those eyeballs was like let's kick snake out for the second half you play as a different guy um we're going to do a lot of freaky stuff towards the end that doesn't even make sense yeah um and just kind of throw the plot into such a wild tangential place right that we're not even sure it's a good idea at all like it just feels like a way more creative risk to me yeah Yeah. Than cat even katamari Damasi, which was a game that was being handed to some guy right and it was just like make a game i guess and it wasn't, like, a big financial risk. It was just right. kind of like, we'll see what you make. I mean, yeah. it might be good, it might not be good. But also, Katamari Damacy did come out of nowhere, which right. is also kind of special. It is its own Metal Gear Solid 1 exactly. as compared to MGS2. I don't know. I also,
0: there's a legacy thing in my brain with Katamari Damacy, which is, like, Metal Gear Solid 2 was uh, was a big deal, and it is the foundation of Metal Gear Solid deciding to, like, truly, as a franchise, go off the rails. So it was definitive for, like, where Metal Gear went from there. But also there's the idea that future games continue vastly shaking up that material. And, like, Metal Gear Solid 2 is really important, but so is 3, and so is 4, and so is 5. Whereas with Katamari Damacy, it's like the first one is very important, and then it's never really important ever again yeah. well especially because right. like the second one is sort of i mean similar to mgs2 the second one is the designer being sort of strapped to the table and being like just give us another one and he sort right. of does his best at like oh, i'll try to bring in some new ideas but they're not going to be like crazy new so i'm going back and forth here though because to again i want katamari Domacy to be important because it's it co- kind of stands alone even even within its own franchise but to the point i was just making Katamari and Damacy, they could never do anything else with that. They could never really shake up the formula in a meaningful way. Whereas Kojima succeeds in every single time shaking up the formula in a new and important way. And does that, like, does that mean Metal Gear Solid 2 gets more points? Because it's just like, it is a testament to the directions Kojima can go in. Uh, whereas Katamari Damacy doesn't really prove that for, for their designer
1: they're both kind of formative for me but Mm -hmm. i would say that one is like a fun is like well not just a fun curio it's like the most fun curio right whereas like metal gear solid 2 feels like something that i played because i was going to play it because i loved the first game and then it was just so crazy yeah that I then, it, it probably just made me a slightly wilder human. Mm-hmm. And and maybe the world, maybe one doesn't exist without the other for me, personally. Yeah. Like, I don't know, if I hadn't played weird old Metal Gear Solid 2, how do I know I would have been primed yeah. to love a game like Katamari Damacy? I don't know that I would have. Because yeah. I feel like that game chose to be a weirdo and I wasn't, my tastes were not that strange uh, in the PlayStation 1 era. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I hit this game, I feel like I got noticeably weirder. Um, just in general. You could ask my mom. She'd probably say, <laughs> she, she she doesn't know what Metal Gear Solid is. She'd be like, around 2001, like,
0: yeah. Hunter got really get weird. He a little bit weirder.
1: <laughs> he definitely got a, a margin, an integer weirder. Uh, well, um, you don't think Final Fantasy, did Final Fantasy 8 not make you weird? I don't know. Yeah, it definitely made me weird, but it it didn't... It made me weird in sort of a, like, here's my private little weird interest thing, sure. and I play this game, and I feel a little bit, like, almost embarrassed. Uh-huh. I remember playing games and being, like, embarrassed of yeah. myself um, because I was, like, an insecure child, and Metal Gear Solid 2 was something I knew was a big deal to popular. a lot of people, uh-huh. and then that was weird. Final Fantasy VIII, I didn't really understand... I knew people liked Final Fantasy... But I didn't really think that there was a legion of people that were having the same experience I was. Yeah. With Metal Gear Solid 2, I knew this is this is the zeitgeist. Right. And then it was freaky. Right. And I was like, well, maybe I'm just freaky. Yeah. And that's fine. It's okay maybe. to be freaky. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like we're
0: we're letting it eke above Katamari Domasi, but it feels like we're slowing down. And next up is Super Smash Bros. melee, which really gets a lot of just whack nostalgia points from me. Which isn't fair because I didn't play Metal Gear Solid Two when I was younger, so Mm -hmm. I sort of and you should have. I know I should have, and I and maybe I would have been right there with you on that like, you know, cool to be freaky thing. So I lean on you to say, you know, which which does the nostalgia hit harder for, or is that even the factor you want to
1: judge these on? Because that's what I judge them on, and Melee wins, but they're close. Uh, I mean, on my list, uh, Metal Gear Solid Two is number nine. Uh, which is funny, actually. If we stopped here, it would, it would be, be number at the nine. same point. <laughs> um, but but Super Smash Brothers Melee is my number eleven. So mm. in my own personal estimation little, of little my lower. taste and and legacy, I give MGS two a little more of an advantage. Yeah, but I do think our collective mm-hmm. love for Super Smash Brothers means that it should not go further. And personally. I look I
0: look ahead too, and it's like, are we re- met? MGS2 is not going above getting over it with Bennett Foddy or Super Mario Brothers 3. It did Brothers for 3. me. It did, actually? I mean,
1: that surprises me. Okay. All right. Ooh. Getting but, over it with Bennett Foddy is my number 10, and yeah. MGS2 is my number nine. So it's it's literally one hair above. But for but the rest yeah.
0: of our top six, does it really go above any of that? I mean, Celeste might be lower for you. I'm no. not sure. But yeah. I mean, we know it's, we know it's below Super Mario Bros. 3, definitively. Right. And... I don't feel it enough to let MGS2 go above Melee, especially because when I replayed Melee, I have really complicated feelings about Melee, but also I lean more into those being a part of my story that matters, as opposed to something I regret, and replaying it sparked something in me where i was like i still love this game which wasn't I, guaranteed to happen <laughs> like there was gu- there yeah. was a world where i replayed melee and i was like i could have been like no nah, this is bad stuff this is bad juju that that's kind of how halo 2 is like halo 2 was like the super competitive halo and i hate it for that i resent it for being that and i don't feel yeah. that way about melee so i do think metal gear solid 2 needs to be our number nine
1: yeah i agree i agree so it, it, it is our new number nine. It made it into the top ten just barely. We've been having a lot of fun with the top of the list Yeah, it's uh, been, here we, lately. It's, it's been all been bangers great.
0: in 2001, apparently. Or at least, what I mean, not all of them. Elden Ring was not 2001, but it's a part of the season. So does this season continue to push out that kind of material? I'm not so sure. We are approaching the end of 2001, A Game Odyssey. We've got what yeah. left? We've got an off topic of To The Moon next week, thanks to our Every Wheel And then uh, y'all have Final Fantasy X, which I will not be playing, although I do hope to maybe play like an hour of Final Fantasy X or something. I mean, if
1: you have time, you should play however much of it you want. But I I just want you focused on black and white. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's before. So it's it's
0: black and white uh, for the PC and then Final Fantasy X and then Eco for the PS2. And that's it. Four games left for the season. And then we got to move on to the next thing which i don't know when we're i guess we don't announce that until basically the the premiere of that season or we have to do a vote no we already did a vote we by did away that's and, right and it's i remember over. now we, we um, no, no no we know what the next season is that's my, my brain doesn't work we, we know what the next season is uh but we will determine what those games are uh basically in a season premiere episode four season two uh just like we did with this one we will have to decide what actual 15 nineties PC games we're going to do, which is going to maybe kill Hunter, uh, yeah. because, uh, Hey, guess what? That's a whole decade. And 15 games is not very many games from an entire decade. Uh, even yeah. if it's just on one, uh, co- I, we call it, I'll call it a console, but it's not. And we all know that. And PC's way bigger than that. So I'm nervous for the season premiere of season two and what we'll have to do to
1: ourselves. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, I pull up my list every time you bring this up, and it's, I just panicked. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> panic-inducing in that I don't, like, I want the show to feel like, you know, like, this is our experiment, sure. right? Like, like, this whole 2001 thing, it's an experiment to see if it feels like this really adds up to something. Yeah. And I think it will whenever, especially whenever we get to um the we're gonna do a finale episode where we kind of just sit with all these games yeah. and talk about them all together in one big context and we do our final 2001 ranking and then yeah. we don't worry about that one so much anymore um but i am afraid that the 90s pc topic is so big yeah. that it'll just be like yeah, well, I mean, of of what we've played, right. which is very little right. of like like the tip of a giant iceberg.
0: We completely overlooked these four genres and then had to move on anyways, yeah. yeah. It's like there are more than 15 90s PC genres, which means there's yeah. it's impossible. and if we have any interest in doing more than one game in any particular
1: genre, we cut even more off of that list. So, yeah so oh, that'll be tough i don't know it'll be fun though we'll play planescape torment i mean that one's a lot that's so a lock. if, if wow, you want God, to is play it, it a
0: lock i don't even know man it's i don't a know lock. I'll, i
1: will i will come over to your house <laughs> i will break stuff yeah. i will hide in your garage and break your car all right if we, we are play. playing planescape torment is a lock yeah okay, okay. all right that's it you can have that
0: one what's my lock i don't even know Uh, uh, i'll force us to play uh (laughs) i'm not even going to reveal the things i want to talk about in that yeah I, i i
1: am that's the other thing that makes me afraid is every time i talk about this season with you it just sounds like you don't care and that you want to just dunk on the list and be like, I'm going to put Commander Keen Here's, on there. You were going to play Commander he, Keen. We've been, we've been
0: hanging out in the top 10 too much. That's my problem. I, yeah. I, we need stuff at the bottom of this list. We need to learn ah, how to do that. episodes about bad games. <laughs>
1: nah screw the bot nobody wants to hear people talk about bad stuff bad stuff sucks that's true and there's like a thousand good games yeah <laughs> there's like one thousand 000- why can't we spend the first thousand episodes yeah just doing good games we'll do a thousand bad games after we get <laughs> done with that matt don't worry wink wink